And good afternoon, GRN listeners across the South and Central Texas listening area. This is your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Sean, your host for the program every Monday at noon. I'm also your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network's South and Central Texas listening area. Thank you to everyone tuning in from Marble Falls, Fredericksburg, Kerrville, and Uvalde, and right here in good old San Antonio. We are grateful that you've decided to spend this hour joining us and getting caught up on all things Catholic in South and Central Texas. Um, on this program, uh, we do try to bring you a variety of informative discussions highlighting different people, ministries and events going on in the Archdiocese of San Antonio and parts of the Diocese of Austin. Today's going to be an awesome day. Uh, we're actually going to be speaking to three different guests. Uh, our first guest is going to be Father Thaddeus Langton of the Congregation of Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Uh, he'll be offering three presentations on purgatory this week, uh, twice at St. Bonaventure Catholic Church here in San Antonio. Uh, one of those Wednesday is going to be um, actually in English and Thursday's presentation is going to be in Spanish and Friday he's going to be presenting on purgatory at St. Joseph's in Honey Creek. Uh, so again, that's going to be an awesome talk. Um, our second, in our second segment, um, you know, Juan Carlos Paz of Catholic in Recovery. He's going to be on to discuss their upcoming one day retreat taking place out at the Alexander house and wrapping things up for us in our last segment. Well, it's a very special guest. I'm not going to tell you just yet uh, who that guest is. I will give you a clue, though. Uh, so uh, we're going to be celebrating her and many others like her uh, tomorrow. Um, you know, these are lives of individuals who lived heroic virtue. All right. So these are the lives of the saints. So stay tuned in. Uh, you're going to want to stick around for that. Uh, so before we get to those conversations, let's go ahead and get today's program started the way that we should do all things, uh, and that is in prayer. So as we pray, ask that the Lord would make his will known to you and for the grace to accomplish his will in loving obedience. So please join me in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear God, may everything we do begin with your inspiration, continue with your help, and reach perfection under your guidance. With your loving care, lead all of us in our daily actions. Help us to persevere in love and sincerity. Bless us with an abundance of courage in proclaiming your holy name in the teachings of your church. Grant us the grace to do your will in loving obedience. Heavenly Father, keep us under your constant protection and draw us ever closer to you. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. All you holy saints of God. Pray for us. St. Joseph, pillar of families, pray for us. Our Lady, Queen of the Most Holy Rosary, pray for us. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So a couple of things I just want everybody to, to know of uh, before we get our conversation started with Father Langton. Uh, just a reminder for our 88.5 FM KBMD listeners uh, there in the Marble Falls area. 
Uh, St. Paul, the Apostle Catholic Church in Horseshoe Bay uh, is, you know, they have an open invitation for you to join them every Tuesday at noon for Eucharistic Adoration. Uh, St. Paul's is actually located at 201 Dalton Circle in Horseshoe Bay. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, um, during the, you know, the introduction, St. Bonaventure Catholic Church will be hosting a special presentation on purgatory that will be given by Father Thaddeus Langton. As I mentioned, he is a priest of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. He'll be speaking on Wednesday, November 2nd at 7 p.m. in English and again giving the presentation in Spanish on Thursday, November 3rd at 7 p.m. Father Langton will also be giving the purgatory presentation at St. Joseph's in Honey Creek on Friday, November 4th at 7 p.m. So let's make sure that, you know, during this All Hallows Tide, you know, that the three days uh, where we celebrate, you know, All Hallows Eve um, and we celebrate All Saints Day and All Souls Day, uh, take this opportunity and, and learn more about, you know, our church's beautiful teaching on God's love and mercy for all of us. Uh, so again, uh, joining us by phone uh, will be Father Thaddeus Langton. Uh, he is a priest of the Congregation of Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin, Most Blessed Virgin Mary. Uh, here in the United States, the community of Marian Fathers are probably best known for their work promoting the message of divine mercy from Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Uh, they're also known for their devotion to Mary Immaculate, uh, for dedication to praying for the poor souls in purgatory, and for their active service uh, in, in the church. Uh, so do we have Father Thaddeus on the line now? Yes, good afternoon to you. Hey, good afternoon, Father. So glad to, to have you on. Uh, when I first heard about, uh, you know, these presentations that you were going to be giving, uh, I was super excited. But, you know, for our listeners tuning in, uh, can you tell us a bo- more about yourself uh, and give us a, an introduction uh, to who you are and, and, and what you do, Father? Sure, absolutely. So I'm actually in my native town of Houston, born and raised here in 87, uh, youngest of five. My mother passed away from uh, cancer when I was quite young, which uh, made a big impact on my family, but above all, uh, made a kind of an empty area for Our Lady uh, to be present in the family. So when she passed away, the pastor gave us a statue of Our Lady of Fatima, and we gathered around that statue quite a bit when I was uh, young to pray the rosary together. So it's one of the, the seeds that helped me eventually become a priest and join the Marians uh, of the Immaculate Conception, obviously with a strong devotion to Our Lady. Uh, my other dream was to become an Air Force pilot, but ironically, uh, people might think that becoming a priest is difficult, but when I looked at the application process for the Air Force Academy, it was actually easier to enter the seminary. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> part of my discernment was uh, maybe a little bit of laziness and thinking practically it would be easier just to try out uh, discerning for the priesthood. But I entered straight out of high school. I went to straight Jesuit uh, high school in Houston. I actually entered the Jesuits first and then left and then entered the Marians. And with them, I've been over the world. The Lord has given me a gift for languages. So um, I've studied in the Philippines, uh, in Poland. I've lived in Argentina and Bolivia, of course, the United States. Um, spent some time in Rome as well. So the Lord's given me a plethora of experience. And right now I'm actually stationed uh, in Buenos Aires, Argentina, at the parish Our Lady Mother of Mercy. So I'm a parochial vicar there, help out there. Um, at the parish, we have a, a middle, elementary, middle, and high school also. Uh, and I'm also a formator for the men that we have there studying for the priesthood. So that's a, a brief snapshot of me, where I've been, and who I am now. 
Amen. Well, you know, thank you for sharing that, Father. I want to uh, back up just a little bit. You had mentioned that the experience of losing, uh, you know, your your mother at, at such a young age uh, left room for you know our holy mother, right? Uh, so, yeah. uh, in along with that, but what led you specifically to the congregation of Marian fathers? Because I mean, there are a lot of um, you know, a lot of religious orders and communities out there. What was it about the Congregation of Marian Fathers uh, that drew you even closer, uh, you know, to Our Our Lady and, you know, through their community there? Sure. So uh, I found out about the Marians because of the, the Lighthouse Media CDs uh, and Father Donald Calloway's name on it, who I didn't know at the time. And I saw MIC, and out of almost humor, I thought these must be the, the, the Disney priests, M-I-C-K-E-Y. So <laughs> out of almost humor, I picked up the CD wondering who, who this person would be. But when he began to talk about devotion to Our Lady and Divine Mercy, these were pillars in my family. Uh, my We gathered every Sunday at least to pray the rosary together, and then shortly before my dad passed away, also from cancer, mm. he taught me the Divine Mercy Chaplet. And for me, th- those two pillars are pillars in the community as well. So it was a very good transition from family life, where those were normal parts of our prayer at home, uh, to community life, where that's part of our schedule. It's not uh, obligatory every day to pray together the Divine Mercy Chapel, but we are obliged to pray the Divine Mercy Chapel, though many of us gather together at 3 p.m., and then in the evening we pray the rosary together. Um, and I've understood in my time in the Marians that Joining the congregation is not just uh, about a religious vocation, though it is, but over the years I've reflected that uh, being a Marian, in my own understanding, is being someone who's marked by Our Lady's personal love, uh, that it's not just about my devotion to her, practices to her, but to be a Marian means to be a man who is loved by Our Lady, that she looks upon me in a particular way and chooses me. Uh, and my whole way of life is meant to be a response to that. Uh, so it's very much helped me to, to get into touch that personal reality of her heart and her gaze upon me. Wow. Um, you know, I want to ask you also, because being, uh, you know, there and being part of the, uh, you know, the, the Marian Fathers, uh, we mentioned earlier about their strong devotion to uh, the, the Divine Mercy. Um, did you always have a, a strong devotion to Sister Faustina, or how did your relationship with uh, Saint Sister Faustina, you know, develop through this time, uh, you know, as a, a Marian Father? Yeah, so uh, ironically, the very first time I learned about it was at St. Vincent de Paul Parish here, um, where I am right now with my brother, and uh, my father showed me a booklet printed by the Marians. I didn't realize mm-hmm. this, but it was printed by them, and I, I read the Promises of the Lord. My first reaction, I was maybe 17, was I was very skeptical, actually. I, I, I actually thought in my head, this is almost crazy and too good to be true, but I, because my dad insisted, I, 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 I read the booklet, and I, I prayed at 3 p.m. with him. Uh, so ironically, my first reaction was rather negative, but a year later after his death, uh, in my grief and difficulty, the, the one book that kept coming back to me was The Diary of St. Faustina. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in my human difficulties, it was the one book that really brought consolation and peace. And in my darkest moments, the Divine Mercy image, I, I remember literally taking it off the wall, holding it, and just repeating, Jesus, I trust in you. Um, and so the Lord used you know, the, his death too, the, the grief and the pain, as like in the Divine Mercy image itself, the darkness, you know, that he enters uh, as light. And so from then on, I just grew in a devotion to St. Faustina, to Divine Mercy, almost naturally, because it was the way the Lord brought deep consolation to me, having lost both parents, all my grandparents. 
not technically an orphan since I was already uh, an adult by that point, sure. but nonetheless, uh, being without anybody you know above me in terms of my family. Wow, you know, I, I want to ask you to. So as you, you know, as you talk about, you know, St. Faustina, you talk about, you know, d- divine mercy. Um, I want to use that to kind of, you know, really bring to attention, you know, these presentations that you're talking on. Cause, yeah. you know, divine mercy is really, you know, shown forth even uh, on a greater level in what purgatory is, right? I mean, this right. is, you know, God's love for us and how we are purged of our attachment to, to, to sin. But it's, it's to make us clean to join him forever, uh, in heaven, right? Right. So, right. Um, can you tell us more about these presentations that you're, you're going to be given out at St. Bonaventure and at St. Joseph in Honey Creek? Definitely. So, one of the things I've reflected on over the years, because of the, my own personal suffering, which, you know, everybody in one sense has to, you know, we all bring that to our prayer as, you know, God's goodness and, and the pain that we endure. And one of the things I reflected upon also in theology is, you know, God's mercy is not necessarily just mean sweetness and comfort, uh, that in fact, his mercy, using a phrase from St. Augustine, can actually be a severe mercy, not because he's mean, but much like putting alcohol on a wound, yeah. it stings, but you need it or else it's going to be get infected. Right. And so then there's the interplay between you know God, who in himself is pure goodness and wants to gently touch us and heal us, while at the same time, the, the way we may experience that may not be such gentleness or, or, you know, lovely feelings. And so purgatory describes not just, uh, you know, as it were, a place or a state after death, but it precisely expresses a part of God's mercy that as we draw near to him, or we allow him to draw near to us, better said, it, it doesn't always feel good. And we can actually feel quite disoriented uh, and pretty confused. St. John of the Cross brings this out in his writings on the spiritual life that in fact, uh, the Holy Spirit, when he draws near to us in our sinfulness, he doesn't really feel sweet. He actually feels like a burning fire um, twice in the Bible. It's, you know, God, God is described as, I'm a consuming fire yeah. uh, of love, of course, but we're not yet there. <laughs> and so his greatest mercy is precisely bringing me to himself. And that's, at least for me, I recognize, uh, even just as a priest, it, it, I recognize there are many things I want and while I want to say that I want God, oftentimes there's many other things first that I'm, you know, looking for. And then eventually I might, you know, get to God. But purgatory is his mercy because he's trying to give us the greatest thing possible, yeah. which is himself. Right. Um, you know, but I think of sometimes uh, the prayers, a petition that we have for mercy. It's often asking for legitimate things, you know, for, for healing from sickness or economic difficulties or many other things that are legitimate to ask for. But it, I've under, become to understand but. His mercy ultimately is oriented towards me being fully united to him. It's me becoming a saint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not an easy task, and a task often that you know I'm quite reluctant about, even if at other moments I say yes. But then the, the suffering comes, and I, I begin to waver a little bit. <laughs> you know, if, if, if I can ask you, because, see, purgatory is something that, you know, I is one time, you know, is one, 
one teaching of the church that you know many of us have a difficulty explaining, especially mm-hmm. to you know non-Catholic friends and such. Uh, can you can you answer you know two questions? The first being you know as as you know sometimes as Catholics you know we're we're told by non-Catholics that purgatory is a, is a Catholic invention, right? Uh, has it always been a, a teaching of the church, or was it something made up? And you know as Catholics, how can we defend the church's teaching on purgatory, especially when confronted with where's purgatory in the Bible? Yeah, so <laughs> good questions. And one of the things, first I would say a distinction, a lot of Catholic theology depends on distinctions. Sure. So it, it's true that the dogma of purgatory was officially defined at the Council of Florence in the 1400s. Mm-hmm. So you won't find it per se in books uh, before then as an official doctrine. Now, that doesn't mean, though, that it wasn't true, just like the Eucharist right. wasn't defined as a dogma until much later. That doesn't mean that Jesus, you know, hadn't left it for us in the, in the Gospels and that it wasn't celebrated until that council. So there's a distinction between it being written down and proclaimed and the actual practice and understanding of the faith that always precedes any formulation of it. Same thing with the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles already believed everything in the Creed right. before it got put in the Creed itself. Um, so that's, that. it's not an invention, but it is a later formulation. The formulation came later. But in terms of the Bible, we have, you know, from the second book of Maccabees, the example of the soldiers who had died in battle and with different amulets of idols, and then the soldiers who survived making offerings for their souls. Um so that they would be able to encounter eternal rest. So even in the the few hundred years before Christ, there was already in the Jewish understanding right. this idea of sin and the remission of sin even after death. And that's where part of the, the, the irony is that often many of the difficulties Protestants have with Catholics has to do more with Judaism than Catholicism. It has to do with traditions that were already present in the time of Jesus that only came out later, let's say, in, in official writing. But Jesus himself mentions in the Gospel, you know, there are sins, for instance, against the Holy Spirit, some that are, you know, all sins can be forgiven, some sins after this life, but then he says the whole sin against the Holy Spirit, neither in this life nor the next. Right. Presumably, well, then there must be some remission of sin in the next life if he makes such a comment. Um, so there are indirect ways. And then I would say, so I, you know, I've been privileged to write uh, a, a doctorate on the Holy Spirit, and one of the things I reflect on personally is the whole idea of purgatory depends upon the Holy Spirit. If you understand who the Holy Spirit as, is as divine love, a consuming, burning love, then purgatory is just the flip side of saying what happens when I encounter that burning love. And John of the Cross has a beautiful image. He says, we are wood, and the Holy Spirit is fire. But wood does not catch fire immediately. It yeah. takes time. And so purgatory is simply explaining, of course it takes time for wood to catch fire. No one, go, even if they're in the middle of the blaze of fire, the wood still doesn't catch fire immediately. It takes yeah. time. And purgatory is only saying, being creatures of space and time, we need time, whether in this life or the next, yeah. to be able to catch full fire. Wow. And uh, 
you know, before I, you know, we've got a, a couple of minutes left uh, in, in the discussion here. I'm so glad that you're on to, to talk to us about this. Uh, again, folks, uh, you're listening to In His Vineyard, having this wonderful conversation with Father Thaddeus Langton of the uh, Marians of the Immaculate Conception. Uh, he's going to be giving presentations on purgatory at St. Bonaventure Catholic Church. Uh, the first one in English is Wednesday, uh, November 2nd. Uh, the second one will be in Spanish, November 3rd. And Friday, November 4th, out at St. Joseph in Honey Creek. All presentations will be at 7 o'clock. Now, Father, will Mass be celebrated prior to you giving your talk, or is the talk part of the homily, or how does that work? Sure. So in St. Bonaventure, there will be Mass in the the respective languages at 6 p.m., right beforehand, and then the talk will be after. Uh, I do not remember for St. Joseph's. I I can't remember off the top of my head about the Mass, but I I know it's a presentation, not during the Mass. You know, and uh, what is it that we can do? You know, the church militant here on earth, um, obviously, you know, for those tuning in, um, you know, we're we're here, we're, we're encouraged, especially, you know, with All Saints Day uh, tomorrow, All Souls Day on, on the 2nd. You know, we're encouraged to pray for, for our dead. What does praying for our dead do? I mean, what what, what is the benefit to, to those souls? So the image that I, you know, returning to this image of, of wood and fire, you know, if we're all connected in the body of Christ, mm-hmm. then, you know, if I allow the Holy Spirit to ignite his love within me, then that fire can ignite others as well. And so the purgatory is precisely the process of people being purified more and more and turning into that fire. This gets into a different doctrine, but of deification. You know, St. John the Cross says we're not supposed to only burn, we're supposed to turn into that very fire that is God then our prayers were all connected. So if I allow that fire to consume me, that fire then can consume another. And so intercessory prayer is very important. Um, I had a beautiful experience after my father died when I was praying for him, thinking that as good of a man as he was, you know, likely at least sometime in purgatory, and after some time of, of prayer, this beautiful image of him entering heaven finally with my mother there waiting since she had passed away earlier. Um, but intercessory prayer is absolutely important because we're not alone and even in purgatory, the beautiful reality is we're not alone. We don't have to be alone. Uh, and we can come to their aid. The, the founder of the Marians, uh, St. Stanislaus Papchinsky, he said that the greatest act of charity is to intercede for the souls in purgatory because we can get benefits from people on earth. We can see the results. Yeah. But for the souls in purgatory, largely we don't. We just, it's pure faith. Uh, but it's a great work of mercy because the suffering there, the saints affirm, is much worse than any suffering on earth. Uh, and so it's people who are most in need of any amount of consolation that we can offer and, and interceding for them and, and penance for them as well. Amen. Well, Father Langton, thank you so much for, for joining us today. And, and again, for you listeners tuning in right now, if you want to hear more um, from Father Langton, um, you know, where can they go, Father, for, for information, speaking events, and you know, to just uh, get to, to learn more about you? Do you have a website Sorry. or anything like that? Sorry, so I have a particular, uh, you're asking for like a way to, to look up? Yeah. I, I didn't catch the last part. Yes, yeah, For if they wanted to learn more about you, are, are you on YouTube, or is there a website, anything like that? Yes, so uh, I have a, a webpage, thaddeusmic.com, uh, that's a blog that has some of my older homilies. Uh, right now, since I'm in Buenos Aires, almost all my videos are in Spanish, so um, the, I'm on a YouTube channel called Padres Marianos Argentina. 
so the, the Marian Fathers in Argentina. So I have a lot of videos in the past years um, sure. on various topics, and I, I have a consecration, actually, that I did that involves this very topic on Mary, Purgatory, and Mercy. Uh, so that's on YouTube. Uh, wow. You can look up on my name. So if you look at my name on Internet, you'll also find many of these things. Well, again, I can't thank you enough for joining us, Father. We're looking forward to, to seeing you out here in San Antonio, okay? Uh, and may God uh, bless you. And before, uh, before we let you go, would you leave us with your blessing? Absolutely. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. And through the intercession of Our Lady, Mother of Mercy, may Almighty God bless you and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father, again for your time. And uh, I, I look forward to, to hearing more from you, okay? Have a great day, Thank and you God so bless you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you all. Awesome. So, uh, again, folks, if you want to hear more from Father Langton, he's going to be out at St. Bonaventure Catholic Church Wednesday um, and Thursday at 7 p.m. That is going to be at St. Bonaventure you know, here in San Antonio, uh, Wednesday's presentation will be in English and Thursday's presentation will be in Spanish. He's going to be giving his presentation at St. Joseph's in Honey Creek Friday the 4th uh, at 7 p.m. So again, this is a wonderful way uh, to learn more about the church's beautiful teaching on God's love and mercy for each and every one of us. Uh, now joining me in this segment uh, is going to be Mr. Juan Carlos Paz. Uh, he is with Catholic in Recovery and he's going to be on to talk about their upcoming one-day retreat taking place at the Alexander House. Uh, so again, without further delay, let me go ahead and welcome Mr. Juan Carlos Paz to the program. How are you doing today, brother? Doing great. Thank you so much for the invitation, for having us here and like this great program, man. It's, I love it. I you love know, it. I, I'm Thank so you. glad that, uh, you know, you got a chance to, to be with us today. I know, um, you know, with what you're, you're, you're going to be talking about, it's important. You know, I think addiction, attachment to, to things that aren't good and holy, um, you know, people probably try to shy away from, mm-hmm. you know, but it's important that we bring light to these things, uh, and we, we help get people the assistance that they need, um, in, in dealing with these things, right? Exactly. So I want to first ask you, you know, could you tell us about uh, about yourself? Uh, you know, tell us about this program, Catholic in Recovery. Uh, is this a new program, uh, in, an organization, uh, or have they been around a while? Let, let's go ahead and start there. Of course. Well, um, I've been a music minister for, for 10 years now here in San Antonio, Texas, as a music director and liturgy director for various churches right now, working with the Oblates of Mary Immaculate. And um, I'm a great Catholic, married to a wonderful Catholic woman as well. And um, we've been in ministry for a while. And um, myself, I've been in recovery for for a long time now. And um, one of the things was that we were trying to look for an addition to the 12-step recovery program that a lot of people might know. And uh, because one of the things that we were lacking was Jesus Christ in our recovery. Because in this 12 other, uh, the other 12 step program, we, we call it a higher power. We call it God. We just call it a, some figure of authority. But the name Jesus Christ, it's almost banned from it, you know, and, and we were lacking that. We were in, 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 we were looking for, for Jesus Christ to be the center, the healer of, of this addiction. So we started looking online and we came across Catholic in recovery. This program, uh, beginning in San Diego, California in 2016. And it was started by, by a great man called Scott Weeman, which he will be here for the retreat that we will talk a little bit uh, later on in the interview. 
But, um, you know, he developed this program where we bring the dogma of the Catholic Church, especially the sacraments of the Catholic Church, and we make Jesus Christ at the center of the recovery. And all of this is aligned and combined with the 12-step recovery. So the, the sacraments go aligned with the 12-step recovery. And it's a different approach to, to this, especially because I think in our society and in our church, addictions and attachments have become a taboo. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really hard to to go out and ask for help because of the taboo of being cataloged or being, uh, you know, judged sure. or criticized or something. So we took a step forward and, and, and you know, and coming out of the shell and, and, and tried to bring this because a lot of people, most people that you can possibly imagine are in need of, of this, of this help, this program. And also not only the addiction, but the attachment, the attachment also can be called as the codependent part of, of uh, the families dealing with, with addictions. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, even in the 12-step program recovery, they don't know that there's a program for the codependent, for the families that are struggling in this disease. And that's a big, big part of, a, of Catholic in recovery as well. And um, one of the things is it's not only substance abuse. We, we deal with substance abuse unhealthy attachments, codependency, but also pornography and sex, uh, relationships, gambling, overeating, technology, and many other uh, unhealthy attachments, as you mentioned at the beginning. You know, and I'm so glad that you mentioned the, you, know, you mentioned those, you know, the, the you know, addictions and unhealthy attachments, because like you're saying, uh, when people talk about addiction, it's the first things that come to mind. It's always yeah. alcohol or it's always Gross. drugs or something like that. But there are so many other ways that people can have these unhealthy attachments to other things, right? Exactly. So you you touched on it earlier, but how how does the Catholic faith uh, play into the recovery system? Uh, and in what ways do the sacraments you know play a mm-hmm. role in that recovery? So, for example, we we follow this book. It's the Catholic in Recovery Workbook. This is a new edition. Mm-hmm. And this is basically kind of like the big book from the other 12-step recovery program. And uh, we read the daily readings. We d- read the readings for Sunday. And we come uh, together in Jesus Christ. So we have uh, Bible uh, verses that we we can attach to the meeting because we have meetings, weekly meetings, mm-hmm. daily meetings, just like the other uh, recovery program. And in there we have prayer where we call upon our Catholic dogma, a Catholic uh, prayers. We have the readings, we have Bible scripture, and we have reflections based on our Catholic faith. Sure. And then the 12 steps are categorized in, the, in our seven sacraments. You know, so for example, step one, two, and three is baptism. You know, and that's becoming powerless over any type of addiction and that God will take upon this. God will be the one guiding us and you will have to surrender completely to God to start overcoming this. And this is uh, aligned with that baptism, for example. That's sure. one of the, the uh, an example of how we, we uh, cross the, the sacraments of the Catholic sure. faith. Yep. You know, um, I know you've got this, you've got this one day retreat coming up. Uh, it's going to be taking place out at the Alexander House. Yes, sir. Right. So, in, in what way uh, can people, ex- you know, what what is to be expected for those that that are, are coming? Can you kind of paint the picture on on what to expect, you know, out at the yeah. retreat? Yeah, this retreat is a it's a great thing. It's it has had already a lot of uh, uh, response. So it's going to be a one day retreat where we will have testimonies from different people who are 
both in the 12-step recovery and in Catholic in recovery. We will have testimonies. And Scott Weeman will be flying here from San Diego to give a talk about this. He's so excited because also we need to mention that this is the first Catholic in recovery in Texas. We have Catholics in recovery in the United States, yeah. but only in Texas, the first one. So wow. it's an exciting thing. And he's coming here to do this, but also we're going to have workshops. And some people called us yesterday thinking, well, I want to bring my spouse or my son, but I don't know if they're going to feel comfortable with this environment. So the way it's going to happen is whenever we have talks or testimonies, everybody's invited to be together. And then we're going to be separating different workshops and in different discussion tables where we can separate by different types of addictions, codependency. And we want to call it the family, the family part of this. Yeah. So, so people will have anonymity. We'll people will have uh, a safe place, a safe, uh, place to to be able to to share and to listen to other people dealing with the specific addiction or attachment that that they are in there for and also we will have reconciliation the document of reconciliation and it's going to be a wonderful a wonderful part because a lot of people who are dealing with this they have been you know feeling guilty they feel that the church might not accept them there's some sort of uh in the uh idea of this, and it's a wonderful, wonderful time to come in reconciliation, full reconciliation with God, with Jesus, and, and uh, as we launch this retreat. And after this retreat, one uh, a really important part it will be the the weekly meetings. We will mm-hmm. be taking place on Thursdays at the Alexander House as well. None of this. The meetings have no cost. Uh, it's it's uh, free of cost, and it will be every Thursday at seven p.m. Now, this people say, well, this is instead of uh, my my other recovery program is on top. So this is a complement to the recovery program that you might be in, and we will encourage people to actually attend the other twelve step recovery program as well. Sure, you know this is where we all come together and we can celebrate our faith, yeah. the Catholic faith, the Catholic recovery. But then we also invite them to go to the to their own twelve step recovery program. You know, if I can ask you, uh, Juan Carlos, you know, you had mentioned earlier that you know part of you you know taking part in, in this or you know joining um, this organization is that there was really nothing out there mm-hmm. uh, that was you know incorporating. You know the the faith. You know with yep. the, the with the recovery uh, of these. You know uh, of these. You know folks suffering from you know from from addictions and you know these unhealthy attachments or, or such. Uh, why at the time uh, was it important for you to to find something that was more faith based? Well, one of the things, and I'm not trying to uh, what do you call it, like slash the the twelve step recovery program, but it's almost banned that we can talk about Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Mm-hmm. And I felt that one of the things that bring you together, brings us together at the 12-step recovery program is the addiction. Yeah. And here we wanted to find that Jesus Christ was one to be the center. And we wanted to be able to, to share our faith and how Jesus was the one restoring us, how Jesus was the one saving us from, from this addiction, from this, this, uh, uh, disease that we were encountering. And we felt a void and mm-hmm. also, Sometimes uh, people call it at the twelve step recovery. I'm a Catholic. I'm a recovering Catholic. So even they 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 don't like the Catholic Church a lot. So it was a, a beautiful way to one and step up for for our faith, but being able to to put our faith together because we know people in the twelve step recovery program. When we get together and we talk about Jesus Christ yeah. as our Savior, as our Healer, and how we can 
you know, live our faith to the fullest, thanks to the recovery, yeah. it creates a wonderful, wonderful spirit. The Holy Spirit just becomes present. And having a program that actually provides that for us, where we can um, rest in the spirit, rest in, in the arms of God and Jesus Christ, while we find recovery, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. It, it does. It, yeah. re- it sounds absolutely beautiful, uh, in fact. And to be able, like you said, I can't believe that I'm hearing that this is really the, the first of its kind yes. here in the state of Texas. And is actually right? in, in churches, there's not a lot of, of 12 step recovery program, you right. know, because as I mentioned at the beginning, it's a taboo. There's, there's fear. There's sure. uh, fear of judgment, fear of this. And, and you know what? Uh, you know, I think it was time for us to, to reach out because we are also part of the a deliverance, deliverance ministry at St. Mary's and. 95% of people who attend are dealing with any some sort of addiction, yeah. attachment, codependency. It's a great illness that is attacking our society, our, our churches, our families. It is destroying families like never before. Mm-hmm. Any type of attachment and... Uh, you know, we, we felt the need to, to find something that can unite us in, in Jesus Christ to overcome this. And we tried to look for, for something that was, there was nothing available. And praise God, we went, we went online. We found Catholic in recovery and yeah. we found Scott. We talked to him and it, it came to, to fruition. So, well, it's, a, it's, I'm glad that it did. Cause again, I think it could be very helpful for those that, you know, that need the help. Exactly. Now, how did you, uh, you know, how did you connect with, uh, you know, Greg and Julie Alexander there at the Alexander house, you know, for, for this? Yeah, it, that, that was interesting. We have been doing ministry with them, music ministry specifically, and, and some of the healing ministry as well. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting at a table and I told them, Hey, you know, I can, we came across this. We're going to have a Zoom meeting with Scott and, and we might try to find a parish and say, why don't you just bring it here to yeah. the Alexander House? They yeah. provided a great place for us to to host the retreat and to host the meetings. And hopefully this meeting are going to start popping up all over San Antonio and, and in Texas, you know, because uh, the retreats, it's great. It's really important. It's a way to launch, to bring people together. But I guess even more important, it's those weekly meetings where people can find this. There are online, though, that we can, you can go online to Catholic and Recovery. We have meetings every day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, have in-person, in-person meeting is, it's completely different. Sure. You know, the spirit becomes present. The Holy Spirit, uh, gets activated and, and, uh, people, people receive healing, you know, and the way we see it is we hear the voice of God through one another. Yeah. You know, when, because some people say, I don't, I don't listen. I don't hear the voice of God. Every time you go to a meeting, you are there. Yeah experiencing recovery you hear the voice of god in our fellows so it's incredible amen to that and where can people uh, sign up for for the event or for this one day retreat for, carlos for the retreat you uh-huh. can go to the alexanderhouse.org and you go to events and there will be there's a little description there and then sure. there's a link to a um, sign up sheet where you will fill out some information and there's a $20 donation cost because we will be providing you with the workbook and some other materials that you will be using. But do not let this stop you. If there is any type of um, uh, issue that you cannot uh, uh, provide those that fee, you know, there's scholarships available. And do not let this uh, stop you. We do encourage to bring your own lunch. We will have snacks and coffee and, and water and all, all this good all these goodies, but we, we invite everybody to bring their own lunch and because we'll be there all day from nine to six. Amen. Well, uh, Juan Carlos, thank you so much for giving of your time and really being part of, uh, you know, what I think is, is a, 
a very important, you know, uh, ministry to to take, you know, to 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 be part of. I mean, again, it's something that you know isn't talked about often. Uh, it's really, you know, like you're saying, you know, taboo, taboo and such. Mm-hmm. I, I know uh, from personal experience, you know, friends of mine, um, you know, family members of mine who have battled addiction. Uh, so I know what that's like, uh, you know, and I'm I'm grateful for you to to be able to to provide that. I'm grateful for the Alexanders to to provide uh, their resources also to help exactly. you out in, in your ministry. Uh, again, folks, if you're tuning in, this is Sean Rice, general manager of the Guadalupe Radio Networks, South and Central Texas listening area, and you are listening to In His Vineyard, which you can listen to every Monday at noon uh, for information on the Catholic in Recovery one day retreat. Again, go to the Alexander House org click on upcoming events i'm clicking on it now uh and if you scroll down uh it's right there catholic in recovery taking place november 12th um and that is uh you know that's just man that's just in a, a little over uh, a week two weeks yeah maybe, two weeks from yesterday so it, yeah, yeah so we we have had some people signing up already so please please we have 60 I'm, I'm sure, don't quote me, but 60, 50 or 60 spots. Yeah. And also just as a reminder, it's for people dealing with addiction, but for the families as well. And we encourage, if you can, to come together because Amen. it's a family disease and we encourage also the family recovery. Amen. So be sure to register at the Alexander house.org or you can contact Carlos uh, at 210 Juan Carlos at 210-758-1129 thank you again for your time today Juan Carlos thank you Sean God bless you guys God bless you and uh, our last guest of the day this is a uh, this is pretty exciting because I'm gonna tell you why so we've been trying to put this together for over a year now all right uh, and on the eve of all Saints day um, I we thought it was pretty important to you know to, to bring her on to talk about you know her life so we're gonna have special guest saint joan of arc joining us in studio um in regala she got her armor on and everything so uh, if y'all aren't on facebook watching this y'all need to tune in right now but we've got uh you know saint joan of arc uh, joining us today uh so you know without delay let me go ahead and welcome you to the program how are you doing today saint joan of arc well, I'm doing very well. Thank you for inviting me down. You are quite welcome. Um, I know I want there's so much that we we could talk about and we are so limited on time. I just want to I want to really get to the meat and potatoes of, you know, why we bringing you on today. Um, you know, so when you were you, could you tell uh, our listeners tuning in, you know, when and where were you born and uh, when did you pass on to eternal life? Mm-hmm. Well, I was born on January 6th, 1412. In the village of Dolremy, in the northeast province of Lorraine in France. And my first day in heaven was May 30th, 1431. Now, what were you doing uh, leading the French against the English? You know, can you tell us about the history of French and English at that time in the 15th century? Yes. By the way, the reason I'm here today is because here on this earth, you earthlings have kind of done some crazy things to the earth, you know? And you're not, you're not a whole lot different than what was going on back yeah. when, when I was here because I was born shortly after the Black Plague. And it wiped out half the population of France. I came into the world during an era of great social and political upheaval. So when I was about 13, I started hearing my voices or my counsel. Sure. And they were telling me I needed to save France. 
And at first I'm going, are you kidding me? I'm going to say France? I mean, I didn't even go to Stanford or Harvard or Texas A&M, you know? I was like, I don't even know how to ride a horse, and I don't know how to use a sword. But my voice says, don't worry about it. Stay in the state of grace, and you'll hear everything you need to know. And just hear it and obey and do it. You know, I want to ask you, you talk about these voices. Um, who were these voices that were giving you counsel, St. Joan of Arc? Well, there were basically three of them. St. Mm-hmm. Michael gave me counsel on uh, how to uh, wield a sword in battle and strategies and things like that. And then there was St. Catherine of Alexandria and St. Margaret of Antioch. They're a little jealous that I got to come and they didn't get to come. So they're saying, hey, maybe, maybe they'll allow me to maybe come. Maybe next year. Yeah, maybe next year, right? So, um, so I hear these voices, you know, and everybody hears them, but sometimes the voices are harmful and they have to learn the difference between the mm-hmm. good voices and the ones that are harmful. And of course, like I said, stay in the state of grace. It's so much easier. You know, if I can ask you, you know, how how was it for you to, to worship God? How did you worship God? I know you came from a, a very pious family, but what was worshiping God like for you? And what virtues uh, would you say you displayed by your actions? Well, I have to tell you, my mother was a very pious woman, mm-hmm. and she taught me all her prayers and all that, you know, in the midst of taking care of the the animals and the chores and things like that. And the prayer was a guiding thread of my days. It, you know, I lived to understand what charity was and to be charitable without favoritism and to obey the will of God, whatever it was going to be. Uh, Jesus was a profound love for, for the church, and that's, that's what I learned. I look forward to Holy Mass, Confession, and Holy Eucharist, which was the source of all my strength. And, of course, the the various virtues were magnanimity, gratitude, humility, fortitude, piety, and perseverance. Amen. You know, um, what would you say was your greatest accomplishment for God and for mankind as a young teenage girl, right? It almost seems like you would have to live a super long life to accomplish something great, but you did that in such a, such a short period of time. What, what would you say was the greatest accomplishment? Oh, above all, the most important thing through my ordeal, I won the hearts of thousands of men and women. Mm -hmm. I acquired a strength, both spiritual and physical. And I, and I had such such information before me that the, I was just about unstoppable. There were times when, when the English saw we were coming and they folded before we even got there because, you know, hey, I won a bunch of different battles with my men and they were afraid and, you know, they were wondering, who is this God that, that she speaks of? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I can ask you, you know, something else, you mentioned earlier that, in the 15th century, you know, in the 1400s, it probably was, uh, you know, pretty difficult, you know, with, with the, you know, the, the Black Plague and, and, and such. But what was life like for, for Catholics back then? Oh, it was, it was pretty tough. You know, that would be the medieval church. 
and it was an institution where on both sides, both the French and the English, mm-hmm. that they supported the war, giving patriotic services, saying prayers, and they would ring the bells whenever there was a victory. So there was also the Great Schism, also known as the Western Schism in the Catholic Church. And ultimately, there were three popes. One was the real pope, and there were two anti-popes. And that didn't get resolved until 1417. So you can imagine what that was like. You know, if I can ask you, when you're dealing with, when you're, as a young girl, right, at a time like this, you've got your counselors, uh, you know, and the voices of counsel, you know, coming to you saying you, you need to do something here. Uh, how how did you come up, you know, with, with the courage? How did it, you know, pl- come to come to pass that it would be you that would take on this, you know, this banner, you know, to, to fight for, you know, for France and to fight for God? Well, I was giving a little bit of information at a time because, you know, as, it, as you hear about your mission, if you were given all of what was going to happen to you as you went along, you would be overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So a little bit at a time, you get a little bit of success, a little bit more information, a little bit more success, and always trusting that God has your back. Amen to that. Um, and, you know, one thing that, one thing I, I hear often are, are some of the quotes that, that you've had, but there's one that, um, you know, one of our, uh, you know, good listeners, Miss Pat, you know, uh, is very fond of, um, and it's, you know, I am not afraid for God is with me. I was born for this. You know, what does that mean to you? And what does it mean to you that so many others, you know, but, you know, after you have come to, you know, kind of, you know, clap on to, you know, to, to this quote of yours? Well, in God's wisdom, we were all born for the time that we were born. And it was up to us to step up and say, I will serve. And we weren't born for, you know, like I wasn't born for your time. You guys have, have a tough time, you know, computers and stuff like that. No, we don't have to deal with that. You know? But, you know, I had to deal with other kinds of things like a lack of air conditioning and stuff like that, you know. So, yeah, we all have to realize we weren't just born accidentally. There's right. God's providence will take care of it all. That's right. You know, uh, you know when I, I actually saw a movie you know, uh, it, it was a, a movie that was done, you know, about you and your life, you know. Uh, and I got to tell you, you know, I just, I came a, I came away from that movie really inspired. Uh, just again, the zeal, the love that you have for the Lord, uh, the courage that you displayed. Uh, again, we're talking about the 15th century where women and girls weren't known to take, uh, you know, to, to take the part of, you know, these, um, you know, warriors and, you know, something that the men were, were, were doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I can ask you, uh, for lessons that you would leave for, for those of us today as we get ready to celebrate, you know, not just you, uh, but all your, you know, your, your brothers and sisters, uh, you know, there in, in the company of angels and saints, they're worshiping God in heaven. You know, what, what are some words that you'd leave with us? Especially when we feel sometimes that this is a tough time. Well, the, the best thing to remember is to never, ever, ever give up. That no matter how bad it gets, in the end, we all win. You know, I look forward to the day when you guys will join me and uh, 
we can all celebrate together and we'll all be one, right? That's right. Yes, that, that's right. You know, you've been pretty busy too. I, I saw pictures of you, uh, you know, posted out on on uh, Facebook with some of the different uh, events, uh, you know, going on uh, around town. You made a visit uh, to our friends there at Sanctus Ranch, uh, interacting with, with the kids uh, and, and such. Uh, when you look at the, the children, um, you know, today, right? Uh, what is your hope and, and promise for them, would you say? They were just so cute, those kids. And they listened very intently, and they were learning new things. And it was really great when the parents were there listening, too, because they were thinking, oh, I must reinforce this for these children. Maybe I hadn't thought about that for a while. You know, I want to I want to tell you, you look great. All right. To, you know, to have lived and died in the 15th century. You look absolutely great. And you still got your armor on. You know, you've still got your armor on. Uh you know, you seem to know uh, one of our, our friends of the, you know, of the GRN uh, here in South and Central Texas, uh, Miss Pat Basile, rather well, right? So could you tell our listeners how she came to admire you and what, you know, you want to teach others about you? Well, I noticed that she had a devotion to St. Michael the Archangel for at least about 10 years. And she was sitting in front of her computer and I was watching her do this. And she's thinking, hmm, Halloween's coming this was in 2019. I'm going to go with the grandkids over to New Braunfels. What am I going to be? So I leaned over and I whispered, you too can be St. Joan of Arc. And she's like, I don't think so. No, I, don't, I don't know about that. I don't know anything about this. I'd have to know more about Jesus. I would need to know more about St. Joan of Arc. I'd have to have armor. Mm-hmm. And so I suggested to her that she look on eBay and sure enough, she was able to get a suit of armor off of eBay, you know. So at first it didn't come in, so she had to go as uh, St. Joan of Arc, the peasant, and went to the Saint Sanctus Ranch event. And we all stood up and introduced ourselves, and I said my quote, and the crowd went, <laughs> it was way fun. I said, "Oh, this is what this is good. This is really good. We all need to be out here talking about." About heroic virtue, That's basically. Right. Lives of heroic virtue. It's mm-hmm. one of the things I, I just love to to say so much. Um, you know, and, and I want to ask you, uh, with just a couple of minutes left uh, in, in our conversation, um, people may not even realize that your trial records are still available for for reading, right? So where where did Miss you know where, where did Miss Pat learn so much about you? What are some of those resources that she used uh, to? To, to learn about you and your life. Well, do you all know about Amazon? <laughs> uh, well, yes. That, that's a very nice clearinghouse you can learn a lot about, right? And she, she prayed a lot, too, and wanted to know more about it, and I was more than happy to inform her of different things that were truly important and things that would help her to become more virtuous also. Amen to that. Well, St. Joan of Arc, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I can't thank you enough for your time and your example of a life lived in heroic virtue. Well, you too, Sean. You know we're all saints in training. Oh, y'all are, right? Uh, you know. <laughs> well, that was our special guest, St. Joan of Arc. Um, and as we prepare to, to close out you know, the, the segment in the show, I, I do want to share with you uh, the St. Joan of Arc prayer. So wherever you might be, join me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. 
In the face of your enemies, in the face of harassment, ridicule, and doubt, you held firm in your faith. Even in your abandonment, alone and without friends, you held firm in your faith. Even as you faced your own mortality, you held firm in your faith. I pray that I may be as bold in my beliefs as you, St. Joan. I ask that you ride alongside me in my own battles. Help me be mindful that what is worthwhile can be won when I persist. Help me hold firm in my faith. Help me believe in my ability to act well and wisely. Amen. St. Joan of Arc, pray for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow, what a awesome program uh, we had for you today, folks. Again, uh, this is In His Vineyard. We got a couple minutes uh, left in the program. You can catch the program every Monday at noon uh, right here on your local uh, you know, GRN, South and Central Texas station. Uh, those are those stations in San Antonio, Marble Falls, Kerrville, Uvalde, uh, and Fredericksburg. We've also got the GRN South and Central Texas Facebook group page. Uh, if you haven't joined that uh, yet, I'd encourage you to do that. That uh, single-handedly, along with tuning in, uh, would give you the best, you know, the the best opportunity to stay, uh, you know, stay up to date on what's going on uh, within the Archdiocese of San Antonio and parts of the Diocese of, of Austin. Uh, I really have a, you know, a, a great time, um, along with, you know, my my wonderful co-host, uh, Miss Trish Lujan, you know, bringing you, um, you know, various discussions, you know, with, with different people, um, talking about different ministries and events, uh, talking about and highlighting different priests and, and parishes. Uh, it really is a joy, uh, you know, to, to be here with you every, you know, every Monday, you know, at, at noon. So again, I'd encourage you to continue to, to tune in, uh, stay up to date. There's a lot going on. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, November 12th, we've got the Catholic and Recovery Retreat taking place uh, there at, you know, the Alexander House. Uh, to sign up for that event, make sure that you get a chance uh, to go to the Alexander house.org and click on local events. Uh, the Axe Missions 11th Annual Gala uh, is also taking place uh, November 12th from 6 uh, to, to 9 p.m. Uh, so go to axemissions.org uh, to, to learn more about that. So again, a big thank you to all our guests for joining us today. And thank you, dear listeners. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed the conversation. Be sure to stay tuned in uh, to the GRN or join the GRN South and Central Texas Facebook page. Um, next week, we're going to have a wonderful conversation with Auxiliary Bishop uh, for the Archdiocese. Bishop Gary Yannick is going to be talking and promoting um, you know, vo- National Vocations Week. So until next time, let's all continue to labor with love, joy, and zeal in our heart and his vineyard. God bless all of you. Hi, Julie Carrick here, host of We Sing Our Faith, sharing the music and ministry of many of today's Catholic recording artists. I am delighted to be the host of this weekly program on Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock Central Time. Julie Carrick with We Sing Our Faith, Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock Central, here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Hi, this is Sean Rice, General Manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network in South and Central Texas. Business owners, do you enjoy listening to your favorite Catholic radio programs? 
Have you learned more about our Catholic faith because of what you listen to? Please consider a sponsorship or underwriting opportunity to help keep your airwaves Catholic across South and Central Texas. Give me a call at 210-579-9844 to learn more. God bless you. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In the Gospel of John, Jesus accompanies his mother to a wedding at Cana in Galilee. At that time and place, a wedding celebration lasted several days, but early in the celebration, disaster strikes. They run out of wine. Mary, ever sensitive to others' needs, sees the problem and asks her son to do something. Confident that he will do what is needed, she tells the servants, do whatever he tells you and is proved right. Jesus performs his first public miracle and turns water into wine, not just any wine, but an excellent vintage, bringing honor to his hosts and saving the day. Even now, Mary is telling us to do whatever Jesus tells you. Even now, she points and directs us to her son. Even now, we have a mother in heaven who watches over us. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. In your car, at the office, or in your home, we're always here. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Thanks for listening to KJMA 89.7 Floresville, San Antonio. On the Guadalupe Radio Network in South Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Catholic Radio for your soul. And also streaming on grnonline.com and on your smartphone. This is an EWTN News Link. I'm Anna Mitchell from the Sunrise Morning Show. Pope Francis had prayers for Somalia and South Korea during his Angelus address yesterday. In Mogadishu, a pair of car 